it stop still? Did you stop? What's that? We're about to. Can you tell me when you started? All right. All right. I will tell you when we've started. I will tell you when we've started. We've started! Yo, what's cracking? What's cracking, ladies and gentlemen? This is Ask Akira. It's Saturday! 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 How about that? It's a beautiful Saturday to be alive. I can tell you that for a fact. I just went out and got my coffee on the scooter. Me and Hercules went out. I bought him a new handle for the scooter. I got one of these electric scooters. And uh, I bought him his own handle. So he's got a little handle at the front. I got a handle at the top. We rode down onto Melrose Avenue. And uh, it was very beautiful. Everyone was out and about doing doing Melrose Avenue type stuff, Melrose Avenue type situations. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Anyway, how is everybody? Obviously, first off, we want to know where you're at. We want to know where everybody who's locked in live right now is. And if you're not locked in live, I still want to know where you're at. All right, I still want to know. All right, so you tell me. What's cracking? Shouts out to everyone who's here locked in early. Big shout out to King Malvo who was here first. First, King Malvo wins that first. All right, E. Green Hill, Riley Aaron, Jaden, Homeless Gavin McInnes, our guy, Cunning Stunts, Riley Aaron. We already said you, Sam, we're all two more goddamn Vs. Gregory Witcher, Sun Nine. Oh, yeah, all the gang is in town. So nice that the gang is here. We've got an action packed Ask Akira for you today. We've got some great questions to answer. Uh, I'm feeling very excited and powerful. Just finished tracking the next album. Got all the vocals tracked. Got all the all the all the beats all done. Uh, it's got to do mixing. Next step is mixing. My guy Two More V's is sending through some uh, some parts, some guitar parts, and maybe some strings. And I'm going to be uh, doing the final mixing. Hey, what's up, Hercules? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We've also got Hercules in the building. Hercules is here, so Hercules will be answering your questions too. Hercules, would you like to answer some questions right away no, or a bit I, later on? No, I want them to answer. I want them to send me questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they'll yeah, send some questions. Yeah. So would you, what, do you want to ask some questions? Yeah, answer now. now or later? Now, because I like... All right, so Hercules is ready to answer some questions early. So what we're going to do is we're going to kick things off as we do around here with the international high five. That's our, our bonding moment. That's where we uh, we all have a high five together. Dad. Yeah. What's up, Hercules? I think we need to play, and then we can like make the video call and put a, like um an, an, a me we can make our own emoji and put it on the plate, and then it will be like, and then we can throw the plate, and then a like will be on the plate. Yeah, that's a very cool um, idea. Yeah, cause like. All right. Then, well, you do that then. Do you want to do that now? Yeah. All right, sweet. How we put an emoji on there? With pen, draw it. No. Yeah. Okay. No, I'll no, I'll get the plate, and then we can put make an emoji, and like, and then we can like just do some text or things, and then put an actual emoji on the plate when we have done the recording video. All right, you get after it. Get after it. Gregory Richards says, Hercules, Hercules, we've got many people from all over the world in here. Let's have a look. Where are people at? Sun Nine in there with an early question. You ever going to do anything with Manly P. Hall? Yes, is the answer. Yes, that one's coming quite soon. Yes, cutting stunts. What's cracking? Okay, okay. There's questions for Hercules coming in. We're going to do the international high five, then we're going to kick off this broadcast real hardcore. All right, we've got Sammy de Wirral is in Northwest UK. Two more V's is still in good old Germany. Michicelli is still in the Czech Republic. At home, gas. Jacob Croft is in Ottawa. Jasper is in Sweden. 
Shouts out to Sweden, Dubelmaka all day long. Uh, Duncan's repping North Sweden. We've got multiple Swedes in the building today. Yes, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that where Peterson's from? Anas is in Morocco. Shouts out to Morocco all day. Darren is in New Zealand. Oi, keep your little gobs up. We're, um, we're doing this bit. This bit's important. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all right, boom. Let's get after it. Let's get after it. We're going to do the international high five right now. Are you ready, Hercules? Yep. And Wait a minute. Okay, fine. Three, <laughs> two, one. Boom. you got to hold it there. Okay. Boom. And we'll do... Yeah, let's do one more. One more for good luck. Aim for the elbow. Remember to aim for the elbow. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one. Gang! <laughs> Shit. There we go. So now we're all together. We're all together. We're... we're uh, we're we're here, and uh, yeah, we can. As Hercules is going to kick things off by answering a couple questions. Two more V's says Hercules. Do you play an instrument? What's the answer? No. The answer is no. Uh, you do have a keyboard, and you play a bit of that, don't you? In your room. I never usually do, but I will soon. Oh, okay. You're going to play it more, and you do write songs, don't you? What do you mean? Well, you sing, make up songs, and you sing them. Yeah. Yeah, he does that in the bath a lot. He makes up a lot of songs, he raps, makes up a lot of raps. It's pretty sweet. Um, another question for Hercules then. Jacob says, Hercules, what's your favorite Minecraft block? Hard, this is um, That's a hard question, huh? The command block. The command block. Because you can basically do whatever you want in them and if you just place a bunch and then put a redstone signal to them and put the exact same command in all of them, Yeah. you can use that to make Minecraft maps and then you can use that command to make up your own little looking things in Minecraft maps and that's how people make their own little creatures in those maps. So my favourite block is the command block and bedrock is my also my other favourite. Bedrock. Okay, cool. Bedrock and the command rock. All right, it's a good answer. Uh, Tristan says, Hercules, what was your favourite song to work on? My favourite... It's a beautiful day in the neighbourhood, a beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Beautiful, beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Hooray, hooray. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, do you want to do a new version of that? Make a remix, please. Yeah, we'll do it. We will. Okay, we'll do it. Because guess what? Whoa. What? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's the, like the one year anniversary of that, I think. And, uh, we did that, which was Neighbor Wave. That was the Mr. Rogers record. And we did that before we started making everything to go on Spotify. So that's not on Spotify. So we need to do a new version of that for Spotify, don't we? You want to do that? Yeah. yeah. All right. That's, that's two questions you had now. <laughs> but yes, we're going to get to those questions in a minute. Hercules is going to answer two more. And uh, Sam of the World says there's Hercules describing an intelligent infrastructure. Exactly, right? That's what I'm saying. We don't have to worry about the problems that face us because these little little superhero dudes are going to be able to figure it all out. Uh, so it's cool. Uh, F417 says, hey, dear Hercules, do you see the letter M on your palms? On your palm. These. This is palms of your hand. Let's have a look. Do you see the letter M? No. No, me neither. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's like half of it. This doesn't work on our audio, so we have to have to bear that in mind. Um, because lots of people listen to this on the podcast. Now, one more question for Hercules. Uh, Hercules, do you like to write? 
<laughs> yeah, so it's running away. Hercules ran away. So uh, there you go. That was Hercules. He might be back later. Oh, he's up to something. Very nice. Very nice. And um, yeah, we're going to get in some questions over here that we've got from you guys. Uh, so we have a bunch submitted in advance. Uh, we will read a few from the chat. Uh, Super chat, get priority. Um, Susie Q says, Sir Peppers is absent today. Well, Sir Peppers, you might not see him, but he sent through the questions 10 minutes ago, like he always does. So, he like, yes, Sir Peppers. Like wow. Hercules is back, and he's holding up a piece of paper that he's written something on, and he's put a heart and a smiley, an emoji. That is I very nice. Okay. All right, Sam, bye bye then, Hercules. Smack. Hercules is off to play more Minecraft with his best friend in Canada. Alright, buddy. Love you. Gang. Gang. Ah! Gang. Alright, let's get it. Chris Grant says you're English. Kinda. Uh, I was raised in Wales. I was born in England. We moved to Wales when I was two. Uh, then I left home when I was just before I was 16 and I've been running around internationally ever since. Now, let's answer some questions, shall we, brothers and sisters? Eric Satie. He writes, he sent me a DM on Instagram, I think. He said, hey, Akira, big fan. Big fan of you. He says, was wondering about your work ethic slash routine, right? Um, because when you're 18, what you have is about the least amount of responsibilities you're ever gonna have. And that means you've got a whole lot of time for productivity. Uh, it's very exciting. Damn, imagine that. Imagine being 18 right now with all of this abundance and potential for learning and creation and execution and distribution that's crazy so okay now as for my work ethic and routine i've always had a very i've always had a work ethic and i don't know where this came from but i always have like i think i was trying to work this out the other day i don't know if it's partly because i never got pocket money because i never got pocket money and i wanted stuff so i, I always worked for it so like i used to dig holes i used to garden for people like when i was like eight or whatever um, I had a paper round from when I was 10 or something. I had multiple paper rounds. Um, I used to work. I had so many jobs. I had a gardening job. I had the paper round. Hercules, I'm trying to remember my jobs. This was like when I was very young. I used to draw for people, draw people pictures and sell them. I used to make people mixtapes, things of that nature. You know, I had a job in a pub collecting glasses when I was 15. I worked in shops. I worked in a fish and chip shop. I worked as a dishwasher. I always had jobs. I always worked. So for me, I had a work ethic. But a work ethic is not one of those things you either have or you don't and you're screwed if you don't. A work ethic is a thing that you can learn. A work ethic is a thing that you can develop and integrate if you don't naturally have one. And what that comes down to is discipline. All right. So you just got to decide that you're going to do something and then you've got to make that plan. Then you've got to stick to that plan. And like we often talk about here, that systems over goals thing, all right? Productivity uh, is a system, all right? Maybe, maybe you've got some goals. Maybe you want to be king of Mars or whatever it is, right? But, uh, you know, in order to get anywhere near any kind of goal, you need a system in place so that you're moving towards that every day. So you want to get a system in place of being productive. Now, here's one thing, because you're 18, there's lots of distractions, all right? So there's gonna be lots of people trying to get you to go to the club and the pub and trying to get you to fuck off and like, uh, you know, not be productive. 
But here's the thing. If you're super productive now, if you instill discipline in your life, if you instill meaning and discipline, that's right, Hercules. Hercules just shouted, discipline equals freedom up the stairs. And he's right. If you instill that now at 18, you could be in a position by 24 that the rest of your peers will be struggling to their whole lives. Maybe they'll never even get there. It's like, this is an opportunity for you to get ahead of everybody else who isn't fucking thinking about this stuff. Because you're thinking about this stuff. And, uh, you know, you could hypothetically just nail it and retire at 25 and then just do what the hell you want for the rest of your life. So this is a great opportunity for you. Now, as far, you know, like I said, as far as I'm concerned, I naturally have a work ethic. But, but I was very undisciplined, very all over the place for a long time until relatively recently. It's only relatively recently that I've instilled proper structure in what I'm doing, what I'm trying to achieve, how I'm achieving it, my daily, my daily activities, my systems, writing lists, all that type of stuff. Uh, lists are very powerful, like writing down what you're going to do before you do it, the day before you do it, or the week before you do it, or whatever. And the further ahead you can get with that type of stuff, and like the more you can turn stuff into habits, so it's just you're doing it every day, you're doing it every day, you're doing it every day, the easier it becomes and the more you will achieve and just it compounds and gets more and more more and more uh, uh, product you become more and more productive you become more disciplined you naturally and it just compounds and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more powerful you're 18 holy cow like yeah you've got a massive opportunity here to basically be, go be king of mars if you want so get after it eric get after it and uh, thank you for the question and thank you for being here. Shouts out to Chris. Uh, it's Chris's birthday. What up, Chris? Happy birthday, Chris, you bad man. And uh, proud of you, glad that you're here. It's Hercules' best friend, Quincy, his Minecraft buddy. It's his birthday too. It's a good day for powerful individuals having birthdays. Oh, it's also our friend Catherine's birthday as well. So shouts out to Catherine. Happy birthday, Catherine, you bad motherfucker. You. Now, uh, Asian. Zero, zero, zero says, did you have, Hercules, turn that down. Did you have any contact with Gary V to appear on his podcast? No, I've not spoken with Gary V about, turn that down, please. Herc, just turn it down. No buts. We're engaging with the community. All right. I don't need your explosion noises. If you've got something useful to add, please come up here. That discipline equals freedom was a good point. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Just turn it down. Yes, we can go back. Uh, no problem, buddy. Hercules, well, they can't hear you. It's very rude to try and talk when people can't, other people can't hear you. So if you want to talk, come up here. Okay? Yo! Yo! Austin Z says, looks beautiful outside in Cali. Hey, thanks. Um, but yeah, just back on that Gary V, back up on that Gary V. In case you didn't know, the next album is Gary V. And uh, we have permission to make the album, which means that the album will be on Spotify and Apple and all those streaming services. Uh, I can confirm that I finished tracking the vocals yesterday. So all the tracks are like in shape, choruses, verses, all that. And uh, turn that down, please, Hercules. Well, turn it down more. And uh, next week I'm mixing it and then it's going to drop the week after. So that's very exciting. 
Uh, it's a big fuck off pop album. It's super useful. And uh, it's really amazing how it brings together a lot of the things that we've been talking about in this phase of Meaning Wave in a practical, useful, executable fashion. So it brings together stuff that Naval was talking about, that Goggins was talking about, that Jocko was talking about, that Peterson was talking about, that Alan Watts was talking about, and Terence McKenna was talking about. All of the records that we've done this year, it brings them together. Uh, and it's, it's quite astonishing. So yeah, I'm looking forward to you hearing that. And also we have a brand new single next Thursday. Uh, that's in the distributor, that's ready to go, that's been accepted onto all stores. So Thursday we have a brand new single from a brand new speaker. And uh, yeah, Dr. Pi says, have you heard of Ram Das? Yes, I have, he's a bad motherfucker. Bad motherfucker. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, on, he's, uh, he's in the green room. Should we put it that way? He's in the green room, getting to come out and slap some people. Yeah. Austin C said, it looks beautiful outside in Cali. Yes, it does. It really, really does. And it really, really is. It's a beautiful day to be alive here in California. But if you're looking out the window and it's not necessarily beautiful outside the window, just remember, above the clouds, it's a beautiful day every day. And, uh, you know, that's where you want your mindset to be. All right. Get after it. Uh, <laughs> another question via DM from Joe. Joe says, hi, Mr. Don. I want to thank you for your work. Turn that down, please, Hercules. Hug, just down. Or go listen to it in your bedroom. Uh, I want to thank you for your work. JBP Wave was released a few years ago and has kept me inspired and entertained through, throughout otherwise mental activity since. Listening to your music has changed my life. Yo, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Uh, I would like to create my own music. Very much inspired by yours. Combining Japanese lessons with lo-fi hip-hop. Hey, that's a great idea. I think you're... If your music can bring meaning to people's lives in such an entertaining and easily accessible way, I can bring the Japanese language to people in the same way. Great idea. You should do it. Great idea. You should definitely do it. Um, he says, I, I was hoping you could give me some advice. Oh. I was hoping you could give me some advice on how to create music like you do. I was thinking of finding a DJ and collaborating with them too. I really don't know where to start, but I can't think of anyone better to ask than the creator of Meaning Wave. Huck, turn that down. Down or go in your bedroom. Alright? Gang. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, a, there's two ways you can go about it. Do you like music? As in, have you ever had a calling to make music? Or is your calling to educate people and teach Japanese? Two different things. And just because you kind of like music doesn't necessarily mean that you have any desire to really make music outside of this practical application. So it might be that you're an educator and it might be that you, the best thing for you to do is collaborate with someone who spent their whole life working out how to make music and really getting into that. And then the combination of, of your understanding of, of the Japanese language and your desire to share that and your knowledge about teaching, maybe you and someone else who's, who's a music person, you can you know, create something brilliant. Maybe that's the way to do it. But it is also possible that you know, maybe you making music is a great thing to do. And uh, it's never too late to learn a new skill. Never too late to learn a new skill. And I'll tell you something else, it's actually very, uh, very powerful, very useful. And it's another thing that compounds. If you, you always wanna be learning. I, keep, I, I talk about this a lot. 
But uh, with regards to hyperproductivity, with regards to zone inhabitation, with regards to being optimal, with regards to living your life in a consistently magical fashion, uh, part of that involves you always want to be learning, you always want to be teaching, right? And uh, so you always want to be learning something new. You maybe think about like if you learn a new skill every year, that's one good way of looking at it. I mean, I try to learn something new every week, but it's not necessarily I'm learning a language every week or something like that, right? But maybe it's like this year I'm going to learn French. Next year I'm going to learn how to ride a motorcycle. Year after that I'm going to learn how to rock climb. Like learning new stuff is 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 really powerful, and you want to always be learning because you want to keep that learning muscle going and growing. So it might not be a bad idea for you to learn to make music and in which case the best place to start is always by doing all right so be like okay i'm gonna make a song and you think what kind of song do i want to make and maybe you say you want to make a lo-fi song so you go okay i'll make a lo-fi song and if you have no idea where to start there's two ways you can start one of which is just try download a program that makes music and try and work it out. The other way is to go on YouTube and Google how to make lo-fi music and there'll be a hundred tutorials and then you can follow one of those tutorials and holy shit, within an hour or so you've done one. And that's like, wow, all right? And then you'll know if that's something you wanna carry on doing or not. So yeah, thank you for your question, Joe. Thank you for being here and I'm very grateful for uh, being useful in your life. That's fucking, that's really cool. That's really cool. Uh, Dinah says, we can't hear Herc now, it's okay. Yeah, you can't hear Herc because he's downstairs. But he's very quiet down there now. Thank you, Hercules, for being quiet. Appreciate you. He says, no problem. Uh, Hansley says, can we get Stoic Wave? Yep. In case you haven't noticed, I've started to morph into uh, an ancient Greek bust, which is probably all the Seneca I've been reading. So, yeah. Uh, Jaden says different skills actually help each other. Example would be martial arts and programming. Entirely separate, but in both you're thinking and applying skills, building plasticity in weird new ways. Indeed, Scott Adams talks about this a lot and it's something I very much believe in, which is the concept of the talent stack. Now, it's very unlikely that you can be the best in the world at one thing to the level that's gonna make it so that everyone's like, okay, he's the best in the world. Throw money at this guy. Herc, I'm doing a stream. If you want to talk to me, come up the stairs. Last, last time I'm going to tell you that. Um, where was I? God damn it. Yeah, all right, but, but you might not be able to be the very best in the world to the point that people are going to drop stuff and like throw money at you and crown you. But you could develop a bunch of, comp of skills that, uh, that lift all the other skills up. For example, I've spoke about this before, but for example, I make music, I know graphic design, I do marketing, I know computer coding stuff, uh, I know like all, all sorts of, and a whole bunch of things, writing, uh, public speaking, that combine together to make me an unstoppable one-man record label in a way that very few other people on earth could, down to these this talent stack I've developed. And you can make your talent stack more powerful just by adding new talents at all, all the time, which is why I insist on learning a new technique every time I do a new project. Uh, every time. Also, because if things aren't a bit difficult, then 
Well, there's two aspects to that. If things aren't a bit difficult, that means you're not growing and then uh, the growth muscle can atrophy. So you always want to be growing. You always want to be in that area of it could fuck up. and You're not quite sure about everything. But at the same time, with regards to zone inhabitation, that's part of zone inhabitation. You're only in the zone. You're not in the zone when you everything, you know exactly how to do everything. That's actually not the case in my experience. My experience is you're in the zone when there's just enough that you don't know for a bit to be, it to be really exciting. And I often equate this to those racing games, Sonic All-Star Racing, things of that nature, where you get the bonus thing which allows you to blow super fast, zoom, you turn gold, you go super saiyan, you blow super fast through, fast through everything. But there's always a chance that if you're not paying attention to where you're going, you fall off the track or fall down a hole, and then that buggers up your streak. You're not completely invincible. There's something, there's a way for you to fuck it up. So you always want to keep, have that there. You always want to have that uncertain, that slight uncertainty in that area of newness and discovery and learning. And it's also just an incredibly exciting feeling when you learn and master a new technique. And you know, you have to go through fucking it up for that to be that powerful feeling. You know, what is it, uh, Jake from Adventure Time? Sucking at something is the first step towards becoming really good at something. You have to suck first and you have to go through that. And you also have to be constantly going through that all the time throughout your life, I'm afraid. And some people don't like that, but that's true. That's true. Yo. Taman Diaz says, live with the Don. Two weeks ago, I overcame my worst nightmare, descending to the three, five millimeter bottom of a lake at night all alone. Choose a path that's dangerous. In part, you got me over my fear. You bad motherfucker, that's sick. That's sick. Proud of you. Uh, applause emojis in the chat. My goodness. Uh, and yeah, and that's what I'm talking about, man. You gotta pick a path that's dangerous. You gotta be out there on the edge. All right, you gotta be out there on the edge. That's where you wanna live. You wanna live, that's where you wanna be. You know? The edge is where, like, there's land, there's safety, there's there's chaos and uncertainty there. Holy shit, you could fall off and die. Or keep falling forever. Who knows? Um, Instagram, the mad, the mad Yukai said, what's up, my dun? How can I find something that is meaningful to me? Looking for your calling seems to be pretty hard and takes a lot of time. Any tips on recognizing it? Greetings from Switzerland. Shouts out to Switzerland. Um, again, this is something I've been very lucky on. As long as I can remember, I've known what my calling was. Uh, I, I, I isolated it very early. Literally my earliest memories are of that now. But then what I've discovered in other people who don't necessarily isolate their calling early, their calling was apparent early. It is often the case that people who knew you, talk to people who knew you when you were young, right? When you were like a little kid. If you can't remember, maybe you can, try remembering when you were a little kid, what you gravitated towards, what you enjoyed, what got you excited, what piqued your curiosity, things of that nature. And if you can't remember, ask people who were around at that time, what you were up to, what, you know, what got you interested. And the, and the answer to your question is in that. The answer to your question will be in that. So maybe your mum's around and maybe she remembers, you know? And if you don't have anyone who was around when you were younger, that's gonna be difficult, more difficult, but what you, all you're gonna to have to do is to get yourself into the sort of state of childlike curiosity 
and sort of childlike a uh, childlike way of looking at the world and then you will naturally start to be drawn towards the, those right things and you just got to pay attention just pay attention write things down write it all down you know uh, if you have any diaries that's always helpful and if you don't have diaries start keeping diaries start keeping a diary and then look back at it after a month or two months and look at the patterns and see what you notice and within that you'll find the answer you're seeking because it's in you uh, it does, it's really crazy to me that everything you've ever seen is there and can sometimes pop back I don't know if you had this I had this a few times this week like a song will suddenly fall out of my head that I haven't listened to since I was like seven years old and it'll suddenly fall out of my head and be there full is that a door? Hercules! Hercules! Can you answer the door? Thanks. Um, yeah. I was cracking in the chat. Graphic design and aesthetic sense is a very powerful skill to have, says Nirvana 8 Radiohead. It really, really is. It's useful in so many aspects of life, particularly now. Like, yes? Let's Okay, good. Alrighty. Um yes. Anyway. Da where were we? Questions. Lookup.sky says, Can you describe a time you felt like you wanted to give up and how you overcame it? I've ever wanted to give up. I don't think I've ever wanted to give up. Now I've had a million obstacles. I've had a million setbacks. You know, uh, I've been thinking it. I think quite a bit lately. You know, I was homeless for quite a while, like on multiple occasions. You know, I was sleeping on and under benches, things of that nature. Like when I first moved to London, I was homeless. And, uh, you know, I literally slept on the streets until I found some junkies who let me stay in their squat with them, you know. Uh, I got, I, my dream came true after many, many years of struggling and stuff when I was like 23 or something. And I came out to America with a He-Man sword with a microphone plugged into it. And I, I sort of ran around jumping and getting going to clubs and jumping on and rapping over whatever the DJ was playing and stuff. And I had this CD with a few songs I'd written on it. And that somehow made its way to Jimmy Ivey in an Interscope. And like literally within a week, I signed a record deal with Interscope, which was basically my dream. It was like, that was the biggest record label. Uh, the, the head of Interscope, Jimmy Ivey, is telling me, Kira the Don, you're going to change music. You're going to do to rap what the Beatles did to rock. And... Um, and then, you know, I spent a year making an album and all this stuff. And then when it came time to release it, the record label said they didn't want to release it as it was. Uh, when they told, when I heard that, when I got that phone call, I remember getting that phone call. And I was awash with so much dread and horror. 
And I've had that feeling many times in my life before. The feeling when you get yourself into a situation and you're like, oh shit, like a bunch of those. This one, but it was, what I realized with this one was what I was instantly feeling sick and horrible about was other people, like what they would think. Because, you know, there'd been all these articles in the music press and all these people was like, oh my God, Akira got signed to win this guy. Wow. They like put, you know, they wrote articles in my local newspaper where I grew up and I'd sort of become like a sort of like hometown hero. And this is amongst people who used to laugh at me and throw things at me and like, you know, beat me up at school and shit. I say beat me up at school, I always fought back, so I don't really think of it like that. But I realized that uh, the main thing that was that I was kind of feeling sick about and scared about was what other people would think now that I wasn't, you know, that this album wasn't going to come out on Interscope and I wasn't going to be this big major label thing. And it, you know, I felt sick and sad for, for a little bit of time, but I very quickly turned that around to, well, what are you gonna do about it? And uh, what I did about it was just was took money I'd got from selling a song to an uh, to a movie. I had a song in that my secret girlfriend movie, that Uma Thurman superhero movie, and I bought the album back and I released it independently and built a new career, like outside of a major label system, and just got on with it. I just got after it and got on with it and decided because. You know, it's the main, one of the major keys is like, don't give a fuck about what other people think. And I've always been very good at that. Now, it's always something that you struggle with as a human because you're hardwired to give a fuck about what other people think. Because back in the day, we lived in small communities. And if the community didn't fuck with you, they cast you outside of the community and you had to go wandering the desert alone and you'd likely get eaten by a cougar or something of that nature. Like a, a camel would trample your head, you know. But nowadays, it's okay. You can get cast out of society and you can continue. You can find a new society. You can build your own society. You can build your own universe and exist perfectly happily within it. You know, look at someone like Sam Hyde, right? Here's a guy who's a comedian. He's a web comedian. He builds a sort of a scene. People like him. Adult Swim, a big TV station, give him a TV show. Then people who are ideologically possessed and opposed to him on a, for ideological reasons, get together in a campaign to have his to have his series removed. He has a very successful TV show. Over a million people watch every episode. But the network cancels it due to pressure from his ideological enemies, I guess. What does he do? Does he shoot himself in the face? Does he cry? No, he builds his own universe. He carries on making content. Not only does he carry on, he makes high-level content and just like distributes it in a different way. And he'll get kicked off of YouTube or he'll get kicked off of Instagram or whatever. And he'll just keep moving and building new opportunities for himself. Because there are infinite opportunities in the world today. And it's like you could get kicked off every major social media platform and you still got more opportunities right now than anyone did 10 years ago. All right. You know, you, it's binary. It's just binary how you look at it. You know, it's literally that every day for every person. doesn't matter what situation you're in. Like when I was homeless, I wasn't sat there going, oh, woe is me, little life is so awful. I was thinking, you know, this is cool, I'm out here, right? And this is what I'm gonna do and I'm gonna, this is how I'm gonna do it. Like as long as you can breathe, there's, there's opportunities for you, man. Particularly now, it's just crazy out here now. Just crazy out here now. Uh, so yeah, I don't think I ever wanted to give up. 
maybe someone can remember. I mean, I come close, you know, I felt despair, but I've always, you know, got through it. And um, I remember when I was a real little kid and we didn't have much, like, uh, compared, I don't know, compared to other people, you know, we were like, you know, we, we could get, what was, we get a block of ice cream on a Friday, you know? And that's, that's way more than money people in the world. And I remember having this realization, I was really sad because I couldn't have something I wanted and I'd, I'd worked really hard at my paper round and I still didn't have enough money to get it. And then someone in school, which is when and got it with money, their parents got them. And I was sad. And then I remember thinking to myself, huh, yeah, but like a really rich person, like, you know, they could have a pony and like, but like if the pony dies or like, they're gonna be just as sad as someone else who ain't got nothing. And I had this weird little empathy uh, epiphany. It was like, holy shit, it's just relative to what you know and what you have and everyone feels sad and everyone feels happy, you know? And like after that, I don't think I ever wanted to give up. You know? And uh, like nowadays it's really easy because I just got to think of my family. I can never give up. I got people who depend on me. I got a wife and kid. So, you know, one way of hacking it is get, get some responsibilities. You know, if you find it difficult to do things for yourself, then make it more about you. Make it, make it bigger than you, all right? Because it is bigger than you. That's one of the major fucking keys. It's something that Jordan Peterson talks about quite a lot that I really relate to and I really believe is true and I've always, always thought. I always used to say to myself, only you can save mankind which basically means extreme personal responsibility because it might just be the case that if mankind's needs saving, the only person that can do it is you. And here's the other thing is like, if that's true and you're not being the best version of yourself and you're not consistently pushing yourself and testing yourself and, and you're flexing all those particular muscles, then that means you're actively, not, you're not just not saving the world, you're actively engaged in its destruction. Like, you're an enemy of mankind. If you're not, like, actively out there trying to live up to your potential and do the best you can, then you're, you're, you're doing bad. You're causing trouble. It means that, like, someone else is going to have to pick up your slack. You know? That's fucked up. So, get after it. Shouts out to everybody locked in. Derek says, I listen to your music every day, Akira. It has helped me so much. Question for you. I'm a web developer looking for an opportunity to help MeaningWave grow with a custom website or app. Any ideas? Yeah, well, idea. Hit me up on the Discord. Uh, we, that's what we're, we're, we're working on a bunch of those things right now. So if you think you can help with that stuff, then please do hit us up. Uh, yeah, we, we're working really hard right now on working out ways to expand, ways to scale, uh, ways to be more useful ways to bring more music to people to more people uh ways to bring what already exists to more people you know we've barely we haven't scratched the surface of this and every day i guess i get literally hundreds of messages from people telling me that this is has changed their life that it's changed their friends lives it's you know it's helped them they've started businesses they've made themselves well they've given up drugs this that and the other every day hundreds of messages and it's like we've barely scratched the surface of the potential of a 
what this can do and b the amount of people it can reach so anything anyone out there thinks they can do to help scale this thing uh yeah we definitely want to hear from you definitely want to hear from you gang all right steven okay august was here can i where can i follow to get a notification or something on the live sets uh youtube and hit the notification bell and you'll get a notification when we do live sets we do live sets now every sunday 11 bro says if you own several acres of land would you prefer a farm or a forest it's very easy i prefer a farm man needs cows all right i need cows and uh, cows need us if they want to get off this rock before it explodes we are tethered to a dying star life wants to live cows don't got thumbs so we need each other it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful beautiful thing hermit crab says i'd love to hear what you think about circumcision <laughs> feels like more people should be concerned about the sexual destruction going on aimed at our children these days yeah well i've, I've thought about this i've argued about this i am personally circumcised uh, it wasn't a religious thing it was a medical thing when i was seven years old just six months older than hercules i woke up one day and i could not urinate and uh, my god i've never seen my father drive so fast when he knew his son's penis was in danger he jumped in that car he put his foot on that goddamn pedal pew pew my god and uh yeah then you know they had to chop my shit open <laughs> and all that so i don't know man um i think it's one of these things that you would you'd be like if you were an alien you visiting the planet You'd be like, this is some, what are these, what the hell are these people up to? This is some crazy shit right here. This is some baffling crazy shit right here. But there's a lot of things in life that fall under that one. So you kind of have to choose your battles, all right? So if you, if for you, this is the, the important thing, then go ahead and make that what your, you know, make that your thing. For me, like, it's not something I have a great amount of time to think about. And also just because I had it done to me as a practical thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Steven. To what extent is your persona on social media different than in your private life? In other words, to what extent are you Akira the Don and how much of Akira the Don is pure character? The Akira the Don that you see here, right now, is obviously different to the Akira the Don. Well, let's okay. This one is different to the Akira the Don that's on Twitter. And the Akira the Don that's on Twitter is different to the one that's on Instagram. But only just because those are platforms. And uh, I choose for each platform. What I do is I say, okay, is this useful? And how could it be more useful? with regards to everything I put out into the world very deliberately. So I go oh, on Twitter, what I use Twitter for is sort of distributing what wisdom I have attained and trying to scale that. So I go, okay, here's some stuff that I, I know now or I think I know or I found out and this is definitely stuff that could have helped me earlier. So I'll use Twitter as a way of getting that out there. This forum is a way for me to interact with you guys uh, talk to you, hang out with you, kind of like get a feeling of like what you're into and what's going on and, and answer questions that you have in as honest and direct and open a fashion that I can. Uh, in my private life, 
that's not what I'm doing in my private, it depends what I'm doing in my private life. I might be making music. I might be being a father, being a husband, engaging in family time, this, that, or the other. So it's like when I'm engaging with my family, I'm not sat there going, is this useful? I'm a bit more relaxed. However, I am trying to apply those things more because you want to give everybody your best. And I want to give my family my best as well as you guys. And uh, so that doesn't mean that like, I keep reminding myself I need to be being more mindful uh, with my sort of private life as I am with my public life, you know? The more mindful one is, well, let me put it this way. Um, the more one can zoom out, the more one can pull out and observe what you're doing. So I get, I'm getting very good at doing that on Twitter. Twitter, I say, Twitter's like a dojo for the mind. You log into Twitter and you'll see a bunch of stuff and you want to react to it. And uh, what you do is you don't react to it. And then you build these non-reaction muscles. And then this is something you can apply to your own, your own head. So thoughts will come in and you can allow them to go. Or you can, you, you can say, okay, you think, I kind of try and think of them like fish and I'll be like observing them swimming around and like maybe that's a good fish and I want that fish. And maybe that one's not, let it go, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but as far as, yeah, how much of Akira the Don is pure character, Akira the Don isn't a character. Akira the Don is me. And the Akira the Don that you see here is an aspect of me. It's not all of me, obviously, because I try, you know, I try and be as honest and forthright and, and true. But obviously you can't put across everything of you in, in this kind of form. There's something that, that, that is not there on camera that is there in, in person, which is very interesting. I don't know what that is either. I don't know if it's eye contact or what. But yeah, anyway, yeah, not character, an aspect an aspect of, of what I am, of the truth of what I am. But you know, we go through life and it's like, a lot of people, what they really are never even comes out. You never even get to see it because so much of what people are is reaction. And so much of what people are is reaction to their immediate surroundings. So people will act very differently around one group of people than another group of people. And again, this is just like a biological survival mechanism. Back in the day when you were in a small tribe, you don't want to get kicked out of that tribe. So you want to fit in with that tribe, you know? So nowadays, and I see this in my life, I see people I know and they're very different around one group of people than another. And then you're there and like, it can kind of freak them out. Because suddenly it reminds them of a way they are with other people. And uh, there's a thing I wrote about this week. Um, there's a thing when, if you start to learn about persuasion, one of the rules of persuasion is that people's, people don't like to mess with their own self-image. So if, say, you're selling someone a car and you get them to basically be like, yeah, I can afford this car, even if they can't, they're going to buy that car. Because once they've said that, once they've made that proclamation in public and even to themselves, they, they don't want to go against it. People like to be in congruence with their self-image. And uh, so one way you can kind of control people is by getting them to make statements about what they're going to do. And because uh, people just don't like to go against those statements. Social media is nothing if it is not a public statement extraction machine. People are going on social media. Oh, this thing's happening. Well, this is what I think about this thing. 
and then suddenly they've said that and suddenly that's their public proclamation then suddenly they so they have to stick with that or they feel they have to stick with that forever which is one of the reasons we're having all these problems because um, we've scaled this tribalism we've scaled that uh, so like you know hundreds of thousands of people millions of people will be like making a, a proclamation then they have to stick to it even when the evidence changes people would rather hallucinate a new reality than admit that they were wrong about actual reality um, yeah yeah Michele, aren't we all the character we make in some extent? Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. I mean, it's all choices. And it's all you choose all your inputs, right? So you choose what movies you watch, you choose what books you read, and bits of these things all rub off on you. And you also, you also choose how much you allow them to, excuse me, to rub off on you. And you can see it happening in real time. When you have a kid, you can see it really easily you can see how very easily people are influenced you know what i mean he like watch pewdiepie he'll start talking like pewdiepie you know he hangs out with those he goes to summer camp he hangs out with a bunch of american kids for a week he comes back sounding half american and um you know it's like but the more you pay attention to this stuff and the more cognizant of you are of it and the more you can pull back and remind yourself that it is you what you are is not the thoughts you are that which observes the thoughts you are not the fish you are the fish man, you know. Um, and the more you can do that, the more powerful you can become and the more power you have over that stuff and the more you can carve out what you want to be. And the more you also know what it is that your real essence contains because you're paying attention. You're seeing what's, what, what's there, what's core and what's coming in and floating out, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Riley says, hey, Akira, I love your content. Thank you. My question, in one of Jordan Peterson's lectures, he mentions that if society is stable, then sacrificing the present for the future is a good idea. But if it's not, being impulsive is a best strategy because you want to get the best things while the bounty is plentiful. As a 19-year-old college student, I'm trying to mature, but I often fall back into weed and video games when I'm sad at night because looking at the state of the world, my mind has drawn the conclusion that either climate change, overpopulation, or war will kill us all in the next 20, 10 to 20 years, and I don't know how to convince myself otherwise. This thinking isn't helping me sacrifice the present for the future. Huh. So my question is, how do I combat this? Well, if that thinking, if, if the apocalyptic disaster thinking, oh, we're all going to die in 10 years if we don't do something, if that isn't helping you sacrifice now for the future, then evidently it's a useless framework. It's a useless way of looking at the world and you wanna get a new one. All these things are as ways of looking at the world. All these things are is interfaces, ways of interfacing with, with whatever this world is. And so it seems that the one that you have is useless to you, so you should get a new one. All right, now I could sit here and, and you know, you are, we spoke a bit, a bit about this earlier, and I believe this is to be, to be true. You know, optimism and pessimism are choices. It's a binary. You can the same person can look at this and see a world of op this. I'm holding up a phone and see a world of opportunity, or it can see the doom of humanity. Both of these things can be true simultaneously, but you get to choose which one you focus on. 
And the one that you focus on determines what happens in your life and it determines what you do with your life. And here's one thing I've noticed, is that people who are successful, people who change the world in useful ways, people who do, big, do you know, useful big things with their lives tend to be optimists. Um, almost 100%. I can't think of a case where that isn't true. Hello, Hercules. Speaking of optimism. Now, once upon a time, I used to think like this and I thought having children who would have children in a world who would want to bring children into a world like this oh my goodness there's so many things going wrong all the time wars and awfulness oh no 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 and someone wrote me a letter and they said Akira the Don big fan um, I really think you should have some kids because if cool people don't have kids then we're really screwed and I was like oh yeah that's really, that really changed my mindset and uh, now I have this cool but son yes now I have this beautiful son this beautiful little genius son and he could very well save the world you could be king of mars one day whatever you want but the fact is like you know he's six and he can use supercomputers and he can build worlds he's off playing minecraft with his friend he builds galaxies with his mind envisages a thing and he does it it's that kind of thinking and that kind of technology combined with that kind of thinking that will help us get through all these problems you mentioned uh, climate change, overpopulation, war. These are all problems that can be solved, you know? And you're not going to solve a problem if you don't think you can, all right? So, eh, gross. Don't do that. That's disgusting. Go play with Q. He's not even on. Well, I'll text his dad. I'm doing it right now. Doing it right now. Uh, yeah. Hercules going. <laughs> so anyway, what you need, my friend, is you need a new interface. What's that? What's that? It was just me dropping the phone. I've just uh, texted Gogs. So yeah, you need a new interface. All right, you need a new way of looking at the world. You need a new model because the one you have is not useful, and it's not doing what it's supposed to do. All this like, oh, climate change, we're all going to die in ten years. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, it doesn't seem to be a helpful model of actually creating useful change. Now, you know, one thing I do know is that every generation that's ever lived thought that theirs was the one that was going to face apocalypse. And they also thought that the previous generation had it, had it great. People always seem to think that. People always seem to think, oh, it was, well, what people tend to think is like, oh, it was, it was so much better in my day, i.e. when they were really young, i.e. when they were first, like, getting their little boners or whatever. They always equate that with the best time to be, to, that that was the best time. And they always think that they're gonna face the apocalypse and they always think, oh, it's, every generation has, has thought this. You know, they, 2000 years ago, they thought Christ was gonna come back and, and shoot them with a flamethrower or something. And everyone ever since has. And guess what, it's never happened. Because guess what, humans adapt and overcome. They always have and they always will. They're very, very good at it, right? It baffles me that people count humans out so often and so under underestimate what humans are capable of. It also baffles me that given it, that we live in a world of seven, eight billion people, most of whom are very nice, most of whom are living peacefully, that people focus on the few troublemakers and be like, oh yeah, see, humans awful because that one weirdo over in Cairo did that thing yesterday. That one weirdo in Gothenburg did a thing yesterday. It's like, that's two weirdos, right? Eight billion other people were very nice and opened doors for old ladies and stuff of that nature. It's like, focus on that. You know, it's just, a cho it's just perspective, man. You get to choose. 
You get to choose your perspective. You get to choose if you're looking at all the negative stuff that happened yesterday or if you look at the positive. Hercules, don't do that. All right? I'm talking. So stop doing that right now. Do something useful. What can you do that's useful? Draw me a picture, and then we can show it on stream. Okay? How about that? You do that? Or you could go play with Q. Anyway, I'll be done here very soon, and I'll come play with you, okay? I don't know. Whatever you want to play. Yeah. Boom. All right. Uh, yeah, it's a choice, man. You get to choose. You get to choose. You could focus on all the, all the horrible things that happened yesterday, and there was a few of those. So you could focus on all the good things that happened yesterday. There's way more of those. It's not even that it's like a binary good evil distribution. It's like mostly super good and a small bit evil. And there's definitely evil in the world and we definitely need to combat it. All right. And we definitely are and we definitely will. But we should not be just focusing on that when so many wonderful things are happening all the time. And when we happen to live at the peak of recorded human civilization, where it's never been so good for so many people as like on a percentage level and on a numbers level. It's not just that there's 8 billion people now. So, well, there's more people having it. It's, it's the more of those people have a better quality of life today as we've said many times i would much rather be uh homeless me from 15 years 20 years ago than like you know homeless uh, sleeping under a bench than the king of france 200 years ago i had way more opportunity as a homeless 16 year old than the king of france did 200 years ago like way more opportunity to live longer, have a better quality of life, have a better life, do more fun, useful stuff. Like way more. It's just never been better. And like, that's just science. That's just facts. And you can choose to look at, at the few bad things that are happening or choose to look at the good things. And also, with regards to the stuff you spoke about, the, the problems that face us, and we do have problems facing us, these are problems we can overcome between us. We always have before. Why would we not now? Why would we, of every generation, thought it was the last one? Every generation thought it was apocalypse and everything was going to end. Like, what are the odds of you, your generation being the one that, where that actually happens when it's never happened before? It's never happened before. Why do you think it's going to happen to yours? That's just ridiculous odds. It doesn't make any sense. So that's what I would say. And shit, man, you're 19. You're 19. Do you know how much stuff... Gee whiz, so much stuff is there for you to do. So much opportunity, so much joy, so much stuff you could do. So many lifetimes you've still got to live. You've got so many lifetimes ahead of you, man. So yeah, get after it. <laughs> uh, Julie, what's up, Julie? Says your content quality is ever increasing. Thank you. That's what, I, that's what I'm aiming for. That's what we're aiming for. And uh, it's definitely about to get better. I don't know if you saw the thumbnail for this Ask Akira, but I think that's the best Ask Akira thumbnail we've had so far. You know, So we're trying to do this every week. We're trying to improve wherever we can. Uh, yeah. Sam says, one of the nice things with Akira is we're watching the growth live. He's not just advising for a living. That's very, that's very goddamn true. I was saying to my wife yesterday, it's like me a month ago is like way... I know way, I'm way better now than I was a month ago at a lot of stuff. I'm a lot more organized than I was a month ago for a start. I'm a lot more like, yeah, it's a constant, you know, we're constantly growing, constantly refining, constantly learning. It's a journey. I'm sharing it. Like I could, you know, I don't have the answers. I just have a few answers that I've worked out and I'm sharing those with you because uh, I want us all to benefit from 
all of our uh, mistakes, all of our successes. That's how we stride forward to our destiny, you know? Uh, it's not just that like one person can walk and then everyone else has to like work it out for themselves or whatever, you know? Uh, JP Taxman, yeah, you could get into esports. That's right. Get into esports. Esports, man. Gee whiz, here's a thing that didn't exist not long ago and now does, and you, there's billions of dollars in it. So much money in it, so much potential. Um, and, you know, it didn't exist. It didn't exist 10 years ago, really. Now here it is. Julie, such a gift to bring us along on your journey. You can tell it's resonating in the community. It's a really amazing community. Uh, it's really amazing. Like, I look at my comments section and it's just like really cool people just being cool and useful and helpful and nice and uh, smart and humble and like trying to work things out and trying to grow and stuff of that nature. People ain't being judgmental and people ain't being bitter and people ain't being resentful. It's just a really beautiful place. So yeah, I'm very grateful to you guys. I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of all of us. I think we're doing good. I think we're doing good. Um, Carl. Manson says, who were some of your biggest inspirations for your type of music you do? And who's some of the new up-and-coming DJs that you're listening to nowadays? Thank you. Um, well, with regards to the kind of music I do, I mean, it's like... Meaning Wave didn't exist, and now it does. But Meaning Wave was something that was influenced by lots of other kinds of music, I guess. Um, obviously, hip-hop. And, uh, you know... Uh, hmm. Hmm. I'm very, you know, I'm very influenced by so much all the time and always have been. This, I have a lot of playlists on my Spotify that could help you with this. So I have a lot of playlists on my Spotify, but uh, one of the regular ones is called Akira the Don's Verified Playlist. And that's the one where I put like new music that I'm listening to, like mostly new music. Uh, of a sort of rap or whatever nature. So you can go check that and you can hear some of the stuff that's inspiring me right now. And then I have playlists of older music that are some of my older inspirations. You know, like, um, there's a band called Arab Strap who were a Scottish post-rock band from the early 90s, mid-90s. And I think that was one of the first times I heard people doing complete songs that was sp almost spoken word. And this was the singer, singer. The front man was this guy, Aidan Moffat. And he basically just kind of like read, read, filthy poetry over uh, post-rock production and it had slightly sung choruses and I think that was the first time I remember thinking like wow but you could just do song structure in spoken word like before that there was a couple of songs there's a shaman record that sampled Terence McKenna so it's some like it was like some electronic music with Terence McKenna talking but it wasn't a song structure it didn't have choruses it wasn't hooky and um what else? There's that sunscreen song, but that again, that's like, does that have a, even have a chorus? I don't know. So, you know, it took me a while to develop. And I'd done, I'd done a couple of JBP waves before I was like really refined, like turning spoken word into pop songs, into songs verse structure format. So honestly, this isn't the thing I've seen anyone else doing, but the components of what I'm doing definitely massively influenced by other people obviously hip-hop i believe hip-hop to be the ultimate art form because hip-hop can incorporate anything into itself about cultural appropriation 
when hip-hop cultural appropriation is the foundation of the art form of hip-hop without so-called cultural appropriation which is such an absolute nonsense there is no hip-hop the very first hip-hop records drew from uh german tech like german electronica and uh, american r&b at the same time like the very foundation of hip-hop the point of hip-hop is that it takes from disparate cultures and makes something new within itself and that something new that it makes is for everybody again and then goes out there again and then people take from that across disparate cultures and that's why hip-hop has taken over the world because every country has recognized the potential of this art form um, so if, if you like that art form, if you respect that art form, if you have love for that art form, you can't be against so-called cultural appropriation because it wouldn't exist otherwise. That's what it, how it began. That's how it's managed to stay relevant. Hip-hop stays relevant because it consistently finds new things to bring into itself, new aspects to assimilate and uh, to continue flexing. And those aspects are not monocultural and never have been. They're from every culture and continue to be. Currently, a lot of stuff that's really working in the clubs in a hip-hop sort of fashion is taken is taking um, from uh, Latin, Latino stuff. It's taking from kind of uh, sort of Caribbean type stuff. It's taking from a lot more world rhythms outside of America and outside of uh, the original, anything that was in the original version of hip-hop. And uh, the... The proponents of the ludicrous theory of cultural appropriation, as if that's a bad thing, as if taking stuff from other cultures and doing something new with it is a bad thing. Those people cannot cons be consistent if they listen to this new music and espouse those ridiculous views. And uh, if you were to, those, I mean, it's such a ridiculous idea if you think about it for more than three seconds, it makes no sense. There's the, the I find very offensive, uh, stereotype of the Southern American hick lives in a trailer, bangs his sister. Um, but that's, if you go down the cultural appropriation line, that's where you end up. You end up with like very, the, the tiny cultures that just exist within themselves and take nothing from anywhere else and become mongoloid, and inbred uh, become ill, become inbred and sickly and uh, stupid. That's that's the natural conclusion of that argument and that line of thought. It's goddamn ridiculous. So much of these things, so many of these things, if you think about them for more than two seconds, they just reveal their absurdity. It baffles me that we continue to have these conversations. And um, anyway, whatever. <laughs> Don't know how we ended up on that from that question. Live, live, Lucid Poet says, where would we be without the KLF? That's a very good question. And I, I often think of that. Where would we be without the KLF? Bronwyn Doyle says, you're a good father. Hey, thanks. Hercules needs a sister. You're correct. He keeps saying, when can I have a sister? When can I have a sister? Well, he's going to get one. And uh, yes. Julie says uh, cultural appropriation has infinite regression to isolation culture is meant to be shared amongst people yeah obviously like that's how we have a society uh that's that's how we're all here at this this peak of recorded human civilization 
Um, cultural appropriation is just a stupid name for something that's always happened, is very, very necessary, and is, in fact, how we save the world. We cannot save the world just from like one group of people's ideas. We need everybody's input. That's why we're all here. We need everybody's input. We need everybody's superpowers. We need everybody to be the best potential of themselves and then acting together. Uh, that's how we do it. That's how we get to Mars. That's how we get beyond Mars. That's how we get away from this dying sun that's going to explode and kill us all. That's how we march forward boldly to our destiny. We do it as the ultimate superhuman versions of each and every one of us from all over the world. And that's what we're up to. That's what we're doing. That's why I made Meaning Wave. That's what we're doing here together. And it's cool, man. It's cool. Yo. Yo. Um, Nanashi says, Hello, Meaning Wave senpai. Heart. Your current pool aside, would you mind letting us know whom you'd like or already plan to feature next? Yo, I would love to, but I don't like to spoil surprises and I don't like to talk about things before they happen too long. Um, so yeah, I won't. Uh, I'm more of a proponent of the show, Don't Tell. That's what I'm more a proponent of. And I have so many ideas. I've got an album schedule planned out for the next 12 months. And I've got a looser schedule planned out for the next decade of stuff that I want to do. And also, you've got to leave room for change. You've got to leave room for things to move and things of that nature. So, yeah. But, you know, please do keep sending in your suggestions. And if there's things you really want to see, keep saying you want to see them and keep praying and they will happen. That's what's up. Um, yeah. Yeah, got a few more questions to get through. Uh, what What is the best lesson that you've learned from Jordan Peterson? Says, um, Paula stole your bitch. <laughs> well, Paula stole your bitch. The best lesson that I've learned from Jordan Peterson. Many lessons. Honestly, just a reminder, a consistent reminder to speak the truth. That's one of his core positions and it's real, it's real and uh, it works and it's true. And to not speak the truth actively messes with the cosmos and the very structure of reality. And it's just not a good idea and it never works out. Hercules, if you want to talk to me, come upstairs. It never works out. And I've been trying to explain this to Hercules. I was telling this about him about this yesterday. You know, truth is the foundation of every structure, every every useful thing every sturdy structure truth is the foundation there's no getting away from that and there's no messing with that joshua tran my guy says the hyper productivity idea is brilliant and i keep trying to get into that state of constant flow i struggle with being easily distracted making it difficult to instantiate the necessary habits Escapism is the only thing that I can focus on for long periods, but this isn't useful. Any tips for how I can be more consistently productive? Also, any plans for What's Wave 6? I have all five albums downloaded on my phone, but I can't get enough of Ali. Boom! Well, thank you for, for uh, being here. Thank you for your support. Definitely What's Wave 6. Definitely. I could keep making Watts records for a very, very long time. Uh, someone from the Watts estate recently gave me the library I got hundreds of hours of, of material it's mind-boggling how much stuff there is and how good it is and, uh, and how good the quality is what's up Hercules yeah, say goodbye. where are you going, are they going? yeah we're going soon 
Um, yeah, we got like another 20 minutes, I think. What's going Q on, Hacky? Q isn't in. Q wasn't in, so what are you going to do? I don't know. All right, well, wh why don't you draw me a picture or build me a Lego set? Hey, you could build a cool Lego set and then show it to everybody. I think they would like to see it. Yeah, that's enough time to build a cool Lego set. Get after it! Get after it! Yeah! Um, anyway, with regards to your question, the hyper-productivity idea is brilliant. Getting into the state isn't... You know, getting into the state of flow, uh, that's why I, I decided to stay in the state of flow and just not leave, because getting back in can be tricky. And uh, you're right. If you struggle with being easily distracted, what you want to do is remove distractions wherever you can. As, as I've spoke about frequently, it's a case of reducing friction wherever you can. So if there are things that distract you, remove the distractions. If it's your phone, turn it over. That's one thing I've started doing that's been very helpful. Like I have a, a sort of phone holder and it holds my phone in a useful way on my desk when I'm working. But when I want to not be distracted, just turn it over. Turn it over. Uh, I don't bring it into the bedroom at night anymore. That's also good. Uh, airplane mode is good. Airplane mode is good on phones. Stops notifications and things coming through. You know, there's but there's distractions everywhere. So just remove distractions for a start. Um, you say escapism is the only thing you can focus on for long periods, and it's not useful. Well, maybe whatever it is you're doing and whatever it is you want to be on flow on, maybe aspects of what you enjoy in escapism can be incorporated into what you're working on. For example, I make music and uh, I would be listening to music in downtime. So I've chosen a thing that's close to like what I enjoy, you know. So maybe you can find a thing within, within that. Also, uh, focusing for long periods... Maybe you just need to be doing short periods, but um, doing them in sequence. What's that thing? I think it's called Pomodoro. So it's like you can set a timer and be like, right, I'm going to be working on this for 10 minutes. And then the bean goes bring, and then you get to have a break and do a thing. And then you go back into a thing. All right. So maybe you can try structuring things that way. Because it's not a case of flow. Flow doesn't mean, for me, for me, flow doesn't mean I'm just making music. 24 hours a day and it's amazing it means that for i can go okay i'm going to make music for say today eight hours and it's going to be amazing but the way i'm going to be making music is i'm going to work on that song for two hours then i'm going to stop for 15 minutes and do another thing then i'm going to go back in and the idea is that when you're doing the thing you want to be doing that friction is gone and you're optimal and you're just in that place of where it works so it's just it's about removing friction it's about being consistent it's about doing these things every day just checking in on the on the thing you're doing say in my instance it's the meaning wave so i do something related to meaning wave every day and i'm in the flow of meaning wave and when i'm in the flow of meaning wave which i am uh then i'm then other areas of my life they also become infected by this flow virus and just flow flow filters into everything and then the more the more congruence you have with your with your ideal if you're in congruence with your ideal and your values uh you will find that flow is way easier to attain and way easier to stay in and you will find the more incongruence you are with that with that and with your ideals and um, with what it is you're good at and what you're trying to do uh in all aspects of your life the more in flow you are with your ideals in your personal life in your work life uh in your social life 
the more in flow you are in all these places and the more and the more and what you will notice is synchronicities popping up everywhere and the more of those you notice then you know you're in the right direction you know that things are as you're going you're on the right path and the more of them you see uh, the more on the path you are and the less of them you start to see that means you're deviating from the path I've found this to be true myself there's a thing that you get, that you do in computer games it's in Red Dead. They have a thing, if you're looking for a treasure map, you go to an area and the area is on the map. So it's like, there's the general area you want to be in. And then you kind of move around and you start feeling a buzzing on the controller. And if you start going in the right direction, there's more of a buzzing. And if you go in the wrong direction, there's less of a buzzing. And it's like that. The, 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 you find, just aim for the general area, pick an area, aim for it, go at it, go in and then work. And you start to notice the buzzing and these buzzing, that's the synchronicities. And the more synchronicities you notice, that's you're going in the right direction. So keep going in the right direction. And if synchronicities start to drop off, that means maybe you're going in the wrong direction a bit and you need to recalibrate and retool to a degree. So that's what I would say. I would say uh, reduce distractions and reduce friction in your life. And uh, then you can be more productive. And if you're in congruence with, with your goals, then that productivity can turn into flow. And once you're in flow, then stay there and uh, use synchronicity as a way of knowing that you're in the right direction. Yes, that's what I would say. Sam of the Wirral. This is golden advice. Thank you, Sam of the Wirral. Chaz, as everybody locked in, we're going to do another 10 minutes. I believe we're going to do it 10 minutes. Derna says, when Herc gets a sister, he should see himself as responsible for her. Exactly. We've talked about this and he already wants to. Herc already wants responsibility of that nature. He said he talks about protecting the weak quite a lot. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right, where are we? Derek says locked in. Shouts out, you bad man. You bad man. All right. Um, how are we doing with the questions? Damn, we've still got quite a lot of questions. I need to get through these faster. Yes. Josh, you were trying. We answered you. Diverting tales, you bad motherfucker. Says, will you ever do something similar to Lo-Fi 2018-2, where you use dialogue from Pinocchio with other Disney classics? Or is the Disney copyright too much of an issue? I'd love to see you do such a mix with Peter Pan. Yeah, me too. I'd love to. I actually renamed Lo-Fi 2 Pinocchio last week. Um... Because that's what it is. It's a mix of lo-fi music with snippets of Pinocchio. And it is really cool and it's a great concept. The problem is, the reason I haven't been doing more of those is because I can't put them on Spotify and uh, other legal channels. They can go, they can get away with existing on YouTube. They get copyright claims, so they don't generate any income, but they can exist there. Uh, but what I found is, is um, the majority of my audience is actually on Spotify. That's where most people listen to my music. If you look at the Spotify stats thing, I think it's 90,000 people a month are listening on Spotify. And it's streaming. It's Spotify alone is over a million streams a month. And then between all the other streaming, legal streaming services, services it's, I think it's about the same. So it's like, it's like a couple hundred thousand people listening on those places. And YouTube is just like one small place. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it's algorithmic, I don't know what it is, but YouTube is just uh, doesn't show my stuff to very many people. 
but I don't complain about it. I'm very grateful that that platform exists and it's where you are and it's where I am right now, which is why I continue to service, serve it and I continue to upload here every day. I put something here every day. You will notice, um, you know, what was it? The last video I dropped, I think it's got like less than a thousand. <laughs> and the same content on uh, Spotify did that in minutes, you know? So you kind of, so it's like, basically, I've, I only have so much time. I have only so much physical energy. So it's like, where do I put that? And I have to, I have to be careful of where I put it. And I have to put it where it's optimal. So what I've tried to work out is a content strategy that means that I can create content that works across all these platforms. And But I'm still, you know, like the uh, these live mixes I've been doing recently can only exist on, on YouTube. And I can only put them for download on like Patreon because there's no legal way of putting DJ mixes anywhere really anymore, it seems. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the answer to that. The answer is I would love to do more mixes, long form mixes, the, these movie mixes that I did a few of. The reality is it's difficult to allocate much time to doing those because of the nature of, of copyright in the, in the modern world. What have you made, Hercules? Hercules has made a guy waving. I'll turn it around so they can see his face. If you listen to this on the podcast, Hercules has made it. That's really cool. He's got a head, he's got a face, and he's got a waving arm on a, on a joint. That's very cool. That was very cool. I made the mouth. I made the mouth for it. Flat. Yeah, you did. Now the good news is, is as we grow, because we are growing, and we are growing, and eventually, YouTube will become uh, a lot bigger, and it means I will be able to allocate more time into doing YouTube-specific projects. And it also means, as we get bigger, I will be in the position to clear these things. So it means I'll be in the position to go to Disney and people like that and whatever it is and be like, Disneyland. yeah, and Disneyland. Will we be able to go there? Yes, we will be able to go there. I don't really want to go there either. It seems kind of gross. So you're smart. But yeah, you know, as, as we get bigger, it means uh, we, our, um, our ability to operate at a higher level grows. So it means that we'll be able to reach out to companies and say, we would like to release a record sampling this da 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 and we'll be able to pay for that and do it so we will get there we will get there i'm honestly looking at this as, as a life's work I, it's i'm i'm not worrying anymore i'm not stressing i'm not in a rush uh i'm just trying to work as optimally and as smartly as possible to create the music and visuals and stuff that uh you you the, the just to create the stuff and for it to grow and uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not stressing. I know this stuff is good. I know it's worthwhile. You're here, I'm here. I'm not stressing. It's gonna be cool. But it is, it's basically like I've said before, it's, it's you guys that, that grow it. I keep making stuff and you keep sharing it. It will grow. And then we'll be able to do these bigger projects and things that we wanna do. And we'll be able to do it on a higher level. I'm very excited about being able to bring in people to help mix the records and make them sound even better. I'm very excited about bringing in new people to work on making visuals and making even better visuals. And I'm just really excited about everything just becoming better and better and more and more useful. And that's what we're doing. And uh, yeah, we're doing it together. And I'm very grateful for all of you that are aiding this project and this thing.
Janek Drescher, what's your biggest fear? How do you combat it? Well, I'm not scared of anything. <laughs> I'm honestly don't think I am. Um, you know, if I when I if I, I if I analyze my dreams, when things go wrong in my dreams, it's like tends to be a sort of an exaggerated not being useful or not being optimal, like letting down my family, letting down my wife, letting down my son, and then in a, in a broader sense, like letting down you guys. I wouldn't say I'm scared of it because I don't think it's going to happen because I'm working every day to make sure it doesn't. And my systems, all of my systems are kind of optimized so that that doesn't happen. But if I had a fear, it would be letting down my family, it would be letting down you, and it would be letting down the, the world by not reaching my potential and by not doing what I can. It's like what is the way Goggins talks about it. He's like leaving things on the table, right? He talks about wanting to get to heaven, and there's nothing left on the table. And he goes up there and he sees God, and he's like, "Yeah, motherfucker, see, see, you didn't expect that." Like, not only Goggins' thing is like, not only does he not leave stuff on the table, but he actually does more than was even expected. He talks about like, for everyone, everyone's got a book, and it's the book. And it has so many pages and there's all this stuff that you could do. And it's like, you know, up, the angels are up in there taking off stuff that you do. Oh, he did that. Ah, he didn't do that. Oh, he missed that one. Didn't do that one. Goggins is like, I'm going to tick everything. And there's going to be new stuff in there you didn't expect. And that's sick. I love that. I love that attitude. And, I, and uh, yeah, so that that's that. It would be not achieving my potential. And also, therefore, by not achieving that potential, negatively impacting the lives and potential of others, those that, those that I directly, uh, are directly in my life that I have responsibility for, and then also all, all of everybody else, all you guys, you know. Sammy says, when you make your music, how many hours in a day do you work on it and how many hours do you sleep? Well, I mean, this is just all the time. So I would say all the time I try and get seven to eight hours sleep. Um, I do that mostly. That's one of the reasons I, I look so great. <laughs> and that's one of the secrets of my success. Even when I was homeless, I would get seven to eight hours sleep. Yeah, like I would sleep under a park bench next to a motorway or whatever for seven to eight hours. I'm very good at sleeping. <laughs> like and getting the amount of sleep I need and knowing how much sleep I need. And uh, just a couple of days ago, I didn't get the amount of sleep I needed. I got like four hours and I went in and, I had, and the work suffered as a result. I was like... I could feel myself not being optimal. Like, damn. So I sleep seven to eight hours and then I work as much as I can for the rest of the time. And what I'll do is, um, my generally my days, my weekdays tend to be um, studio, get down, get up like nine. Well, what would, what, get Hercules to summer camp, nine, uh, cafe for a meeting with wife get down to the studio be in the studio till like seven get back uh hang out with the family a couple of hours then work until like two in the morning or something or whatever it is um, i tend to split my day into two pieces of work or like day work and night work so i'm either djing or i'm working at night and uh that's pretty much what i do and that's like but also that's on the weekends but just like i don't go into the studio on the weekend now I work from the crib now, which means I get to be around my family more. And that's, that's, so that's just more family time, but I'm still working every day. 
working right now after this I'll be doing I've got another couple of hours work scheduled then a couple of hours family time and then I'm gonna go DJ so yeah two more questions and we'll take one more question from the uh, chat that's what we're gonna do that's what we're gonna do ooh, 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 ooh. Derek says love the sideburns Akira hey thanks thank you very much um, okay penultimate pre-submitted question where is it Jaden could we get a Ferris wave? Do you mean Beulah or Tim? Beulah or Tim? I would say both are uh, very high on the potential list. They're definitely in, in my Evernote of things I want to do. Um, yeah, so there's that. All right. We're going to take one more question from the chat. And one, we have one more submitted question. And the submitted question is from Sir Peppers. He says, lately I've been anxious that it's too late to start a creative skill. Since most of the creative people I've enjoyed are either natural born prodigies or started when they were young and become real talented in their craft years down the line. I'm only 22, but I feel like it's already too late to start a creative outlet. I'm graduating with a computer science degree in a year, so I have potential in a technical skill, but I think I'll be eaten alive if I don't incorporate it with any creative outlet. I'm conflicted. Any advice for that? Ha! You're 22. Do you know how young that is? Do you realize how young that is? Do you realize how many lifetimes you've got left? You're 22. You're 22. You're not even a baby. You're not even born. Everyone alive today is probably, you know, we're all going to live to 100 or something, unless we're like, the only reason we wouldn't live past 100 at this point is if we're like just really, really like disgustingly unhealthy, if we're just like a beast or something. All right. So if you're not a beast, uh, even if you're a beast, you can turn that around. You're 22. You've got so much time. Oh my God. You've got so much time. You've got so many lifetimes ahead of you. You could have so many careers. You could be like a jujitsu master. Like, uh, you could be a, uh, you could be an opera singer. There's a bunch of things you can do. My God. So honestly, honestly, yeah, it's really not too late. It's really not too late. The only thing stopping you is you. You could learn anything. You could most thing, pretty much anything can be learned. Even later on, it's harder. You know, um, it's harder to learn piano at thirty nine than it is at nine. But it's doable. You could still do it in under a year. You know. So yeah, the the answer is. Um, Honestly, A, you're a goddamn baby. B, you could definitely choose a creative thing to learn and get good at it. Certainly good enough for what you're talking about here, which is to have something that's compatible with your technical skills. Therefore, to have a talent stack, right? You want to have a, a good talent stack. You want to have a bunch of complementary skills that make you unique. That other people don't have those complementary skills so you can definitely learn a thing you could learn to paint you could learn to podcast you could learn to speed vault you could learn to program you, whatever it is you could definitely do it man so yeah is the answer the answer is get after it the answer is pick a thing and do it all right and do it 100 percent. thank you hercules um so there you go that's what i've got to say to you my guy and uh, thank you for collating these questions and bringing it all together. It's a really helpful thing you're doing. Thank you, YouTube hero Alex, out there. Um, Julie Worsley says, Julia Child began cooking at 37. Yeah, right, exactly. 
Exactly. 37. You know, it's like... Uh, Gary Vee was talking about this. The guy who invented Grey Goose, who came up with Grey Goose, that ended up being like a, like his, his big thing. He did that at 73 years old, I think it was. 73 years old. 73 years old, the guy did the life-defining thing. You know, it's like... It ain't over till it's over, baby. Shouts out to Lenny Kravitz. Oh. What's up with you, Hercules? I'm done. You're done? I'm ready You're ready for me to come and hang out with you and play with you? Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I'm going to answer one more question. Lockdown. What's up, buddy? Oh, that's cool. Hercules has made a craft. Some kind of spacecraft, is it? Do you like that with the high guy? The high guy? I love the high guy. The high guy is very cool. High guy. He's dope. I love the high guy. You can also make him into a lollipop. Oh yeah. Very nice to hit the mic. That'll be or, loud in people's ears. Or he could do this. Look. Alright. Um, Derek says, I'm 36 and still learning things all the time. Pick it up and do it. Exactly, man. Exactly. Riley Aaron says, I want to donate. Bless you. Uh, I just pasted the links into the video description. So you can do it via Patreon, Subscribestar, or... Uh, or PayPal, there's a PayPal link, and there's also a Bitcoin address, if that's your thing. Francois says, what's the best way to funnel money to you? Is it Bandcamp? Yeah, Bandcamp's great. Um, Bandcamp works. PayPal donation works. Patreon subscription works. Uh, whatever. Shouts out Radu just for the $50 super chat. Thank you very much. Says, I love you, Akira. You have so much wisdom and have profoundly affected my life. How can I best serve in sharing your wisdom to the world? Additionally, when will you start posting all your videos on Facebook? Thank you. Well, that's a multi-tiered question. A, thank you for your support. It's really helpful and makes a big difference. One, you just helped by doing that. Two, best, how can you best share the stuff with the world? Share the stuff with the world. So whatever place you're in, just share the videos or whatever, send them to people, that really works. And then you kind of add to that. When will you start posting all your videos on Facebook? So I've started doing that. Um, I'd be posting videos on Facebook every day at the moment. I think I've posted all the singles I've been posting on there. So we're on that. We're trying to get everything up on there. So if there's anything that you want on there that's not on there now, if it's like, I want to share this song, but I want to do it on Facebook and people who are on Facebook don't like to click links and that's true. Just send me a message on Facebook with whatever it is you want on there and I will do my best to get it up there. I'm trying to get up as much stuff as possible. So yeah, just, but whatever, basically, if there's something you want from us over here, me and Hercules and Mother Dunn, you just let us know. It is. You said that was the final question. It is, Hercules. So we're wrapping it up now. Okay, goodbye. We're wrapping, don't be rude. Bye, don't be rude. Dana 1804 says we get 10,000 chances to live every day. You only have to take one of them to change everything. That's right. Emoji. Herc's going to drop some emojis in the chat. A few, 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 few. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, so thank you all for being here. If you want to donate or whatever, the links are in the video description. If there's anything you want from me or us, let me know. You can DM me on the Discord. You can DM me on Instagram. You can DM me on Facebook. If you send a message and you don't hear back, just bump it, send another one. I get an awful lot. I try and respond to as much as possible. 
I tend to spend the first hour of every day responding to messages, so I definitely do what I can. But I sometimes miss things. But if I do, just resend it. Thanks right. for watching the war, war, war um, the uh, Akira the Don broadcast. Yeah. So, um, oops, sorry. Peace out. Yeah, peace out, gang. Love you guys. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And uh, yeah, if you want to catch us between it, tomorrow, Sunday, there will be uh, a live DJ set tomorrow evening. I think we do those at like nine o'clock. But make sure you subscribe, hit the bell, all that, so you get the notification. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we have music videos dropping. We've got a brand new single dropping on Thursday. Friday, we have a long form thing. Um, so that's the schedule. New album drops in uh, a week on Friday. And uh, yeah, man. So thanks Thank for watching. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, we're very proud of you. So goodbye, guys. Peace.